Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Now we have been talking about win-win trades and Heath Shaw was a player we were speaking about in the previous segment. He joins us on the line now, the former Magpie and Giant, two times All-Australian and Best and Fairest winner. Heath, thank you so much for joining us on the trade feed. Just talk to us about life after footy. How's it looking for you? I know that you do your show with with Daisy and you guys have a really good time, but what else are you getting up to now that the footy career is over? Thanks for having me on. Um, you said win-win trade. I thought I was very heavily weighted towards <laughs> the Giants um, in that trade period, definitely. Um, well, hang on. I, I, we need the clarification from you. <laughs> was it a win-win trade? How do you reflect on it, please? Oh, well, I'm just saying, I think that the Giants did very, very well to get um, an experienced back pocket <laughs> who ended up being a... a I'm all Australian, but no, I think to be honest, the deal that was sort of um, put on the table day one of that trade period, um, Giants and Collingwood, was, was the deal that got done after two and a half weeks. So um, though there's a bit of fluffing around from, from both sides, but we, we got the deal done and I think it was a, a win-win situation for both clubs there. Now, it's been almost a decade, sure, but take us inside the trade a little bit more because what's it like being a player, especially... You were a star at Collingwood. You've got a very famous Collingwood surname, a premiership player. What was it like going through that period? Because it wasn't just the Giants that were interested in you. Geelong was interested in you, North Melbourne. You made the decision to leave Victoria. What was it like as a player? Because a lot of players are about to be on the move and we don't know what it's like to be in their shoes. Yeah, well, it's a lot easier for the people who actually want to leave. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit harder when you don't want to leave. And, and that was a situation I yeah. found myself in. Um, I, I wanted to start calling, but I still had two years left on my, my contract. But um, the powers to be um, wanted to go in a different direction. So I sort of had to suck it up, um, deal with that initially, and then figure out the next step, which was where I want to continue my football and where, would that, where was that going to be? And... Um, it came down to Geelong and um, obviously the Giants, and it was an experienced team um, who obviously playing finals a lot and very successful. Who the age bracket was was pretty high, which it's been for the last ten years. Um, hasn't changed much there, and they still had the success. Um, and then it was the Giants, which is a brand new club um, with sort of a bit more of a, a future thought um, to the success there. So. It was an interesting um, couple of weeks. It was an interesting sort of scenario I found myself in because I had the choice of like a try and win a premiership next year or potentially try and win a premiership in a few years' time. Um, and yeah, the, obviously the deal that I got with the Giants was um, was better than the, the Geelong one. But you sort of it was either success or well, future success. And um, I chose the Giants. Part of the reason was um, obviously my brother lived in Sydney as well, so that that helped that decision. And it was a fresh start. It was a 
state that isn't really um, known for its AFL as much. It's more NRL and um, brand new beginnings, and it was probably the best decision I made. Well, that's the next question I wanted to ask you because a lot of players, uh, they get to the middle stage of their career and they've been at a club for seven, eight, nine years like yourself, and it's probably in their best interest to go and have a fresh start and, and kickstart the second half of their career. Do you look back and go, geez, I'm glad that that happened? Because look at the second half of your career. I think most people think that although you won the premiership at Collingwood, your, your, your time at the Giants was your best footy. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting. I was 28. Uh, 27, 28. So I'd done the nightclubs in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> I could put that put that to the side. Done the um, well, I, I think. Need to settle, yeah, I don't need to settle down and, <laughs> um, a little bit. And um, to be honest, it was like there was at times in my first first year, I was like, what have I done here? Because um, I definitely had to lower my expectations to, to what I had at Collingwood. It wasn't like we were going to come in and we were going to be playing finals in my first year or second year. Um, so I sort of had to lower the expectations there, but um, it sort of helped me being thrust into sort of a leadership position as well and, and trying to help these these younger kids learn the AFL ropes and what it takes to be an AFL player and what it takes to be a successful one um, playing in a premiership uh, before that. And I think it helped my football. Um, I, played, I think I did play my best football um, at the Giants and I needed to be a leader as well. So that, that helped me grow as a person and, um, playing over 150 games at both clubs is, is pretty unique. Um, and so I've still got great ties with both clubs. Do you think that is a draw card for the Giants? You mentioned, you know, playing for Collingwood. It's the biggest team in the land. But if you go to a team like GWS, you can have that anonymity and a bit more freedom to move about your normal life. Oh, definitely. Um, I think... To be honest, if I, if if you nearly if you're getting drafted these days, because there's so much pressure on footballers and there's so much media around um, AFL players and what they're doing in every moment of their life, um, to go to a place like Sydney or or even Brisbane or up on the Gold Coast, um, you don't have that as much, and it's it is good to sort of live a reasonably normal life, um, and I, I really enjoyed that being a 28 year old who who'd been in the limelight in the biggest club in the land. Um, going up to to Sydney and and being a definite nobody, um, no no um, skipping lines at nightclubs in Sydney. It was it was lining up like everyone else, but it was it was good, and I think it helped me just sort of grow and develop and and concentrate a lot on my football, and not anything outside of that. I love how the nightclub line is your barometer. We've got a question <laughs> here from Lachlan. He's a big Giants man. He says. I know you're good mates with Steve Canelio. What does he attribute Cog's return to form to? Can he step up even further next year? That's a question from Lachlan. Um, yeah, I think obviously he was, a couple of years ago, he was down on confidence. And when you don't have the confidence and the backing of, of, of sort of coaches and, and people around you, then it makes it hard to perform at your best. A um, little bit of positional change as well he he obviously played a lot in the uh, midfield the second half of the year and and that's where he was drafted that's where he's played his best football so um cogs this year was was sort of step one step two is next year and and doing that again being more consistent and, and dragging a few guys along with him and there's no doubt he he loves the fact that he's the captain he thrives in that environment um he struggled with that a little bit early on but um, I can see him going to bigger and better things in years to come. And, and like I said, dragging a few guys along with him because he is the ultimate professional and he, 
as much as he wants to get the best out of himself, he wants to help people along with the journey. Now, sure, you weren't the only big name to move clubs and head up to Sydney at the end of 2013. Everyone thought that Lance Franklin was heading to greater <laughs> Western Sydney. Now, I understand that when you cross paths with him in Sydney, that he sort of said, I probably owe you a beer. Can you take us inside that element? Because <laughs> two big names headed north that period. Well, one big name, um, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and it wasn't mine. Um, it was funny because I, I met with the Giants on the day that it was announced. Um, and I met with the Giants and they said, Buddy's coming to the, the Giants. He's going to live in Sydney. He's going to live in Bondi. You know, he's going to drive out to Western Sydney and all of the above. This is this is our plan and all of that. And um, I walked out of that meeting. I was pretty happy with the, the meeting and, and everything that they'd said and a message from a mate said, um, Buddy Franklin signs a nine-year deal at Sydney. Um, and I was like, have these guys just been lying to me for the last hour? Or um, did something just go down that they didn't know about? And um, apparently it was the best best kept secret going around. He kept on saying he was going to Sydney. He didn't say which club. So um, he ended up at the Swans. Um, I ended up at the Giants. Um, obviously the Giants came back with a little bit of a better deal because they wanted to get someone over the line. So... Um, I said, to, uh, I, I think it was the first game of, of the next year we played the Swans in round one and Buddy said to me, mentioned on passing that I owed him a few beers um, for the deal that I got. And I said, no, I definitely owe you a few, a few more than a couple of beers, that's for sure. <laughs> so um, it was, yeah, it was an interesting time. Um, and that, and like you said, he was one of the biggest names in the AFL and still is. Um, and for him to move to another club, let alone... <laughs> Everyone thought he was going to the Giants and then go to Sydney was was pretty was pretty big talking point. We're speaking to Heath Shaw and for Beaumont Tiles, Sydney has just confirmed Tom Papley has re-signed for a further five seasons. He will remain a Swan for life. Heath, I feel like Tom Papley is your kind of player, the kind that you'd like to play alongside. Yeah, definitely. I hate playing against him. Um, <laughs> we've had some. We've had some cracker battles, me and Paps, like I have with many of the small forwards over of a 16-year career. Um, always get the most dangerous ones. Um, and, yeah, it, he, he was one of those ones. And, um, like you said, he's the player that, like, opposition teams would love to have on their team, but they hate watching him when they're playing against him. So um, that's that's a sort of a good trait to have. He's very similar <laughs> to, to Toby Green. And um, I'm actually... Pretty good mates with with Pap's life after football was um, when I stopped playing on him. Um, we bumped into each other at a few race days, so um, he's he's a good he's a good mate. He's a great player, and um, it's great that he's he signed um, the Swans for five years. That's pretty handy, and um, no doubt I'll see him over the spring carnival. No doubt you will. Now, Shuri, Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper are the latest in a long list of young stars who want out of the Giants. Now. I feel it's more indicative of the list concessions that have been given to this club since its inception rather than the culture. Is that is that a fair comment? Yeah, I think so. Um, and to be honest, um, they've got more midfielders that you can poke a stick at, mm. to be honest. And so it's 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 been a sort of a trend over the last few years or probably the last four years that um, they've taken sort of the best player, which most of the time is a midfielder rather than than what they've actually sort of needed. Um, the ruck situation is still there. Um, it is, it's, it's hard because you want to, you want to, um, it's hard to draft a ruck and then it's hard to find a, a good ruck on these days, but um, they've never really gone into the draft and, and found themselves a, a nice 
young up-and-coming ruckman, um, which I think would be the plan this year. And um, after losing Jeremy Cameron, thought they could sort of fill those holes um, with a couple of um, sort of recycled forwards or sort of medium-sort forwards, which I don't think it's it's worked that well. So I think um, this year you'll see a bit different. I don't think they'll be drafting too many midfielders. I think it'll it'll be some keys um, for them to, to build the future around. And, and Hopper and Taranto are great clubmen, and no doubt they would have loved to have stayed. But um, truth be known, there's a thing called a salary cap, and, and you can't fit everyone in, and, and not everyone can get a pay rise every year. So um, for both of them to go to one club is a bit weird, but um, for two good players like that to go is, is no big surprise. Now, Shory, player managers play a big role during the trade period. You've done your accreditation. In a future trade period, do you see yourself being involved? Is that part of the plan for Heath Shaw in the coming years? Oh, it's, it's definitely an option. Um, I did the yeah, I did the player management course while I was still playing, so I couldn't actually be a manager. I just I just thought I'd, I'd, I'm interested in it, and, I, and I, I looked at it and I said, yeah, I might as well do it while while I can. Um, it's something that is definitely something that I, I might, I may pursue in the future. Um, I think I might have been watching Jerry Maguire when I thought of this idea and just thought it looks pretty cool. <laughs> um, and and obviously the trade period and I love my um, love my soccer, so the transfer period mm. is is huge um, in the Premier League and and all over Europe. And it's um, yeah, it's it's a unique situation. But and obviously going through it, you, you need you do need the right advice and you do need the right people in your corner doing what's best for you, not necessarily um, the best the best deal or the, or the biggest deal. So um, managers play a huge part in that. And, and majority of the time, they've got your um, best interest at heart, but sometimes it can slip through the cracks. Well, Heath, thank you for joining us on the trade feed. Go and find Buddy and give him some of those beers that you own. I definitely will. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Heath Shaw there, joining Josh and I on the trade feed. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.